Hello, my name's Lloyd, and I'm one of the pastors here. And we are in the middle of a sermon series called When Jesus Speaks. And we're looking at what Jesus says of himself and looking through the I am sayings of John's gospel. When Jesus speaks, uh, we need no longer guess what he's like. That's how we find out about someone, isn't it? If I stood up here and didn't speak, you'd form some opinions about me, but they would only be partially informed. It's only as I speak that you think, wait a minute, is he Irish? Is he impersonating Shrek here? Well, it's only when I speak that you understand me and get to know a little bit about me. And by the way, the, the answers to those two questions are no. This week, we're looking at this statement of Jesus, which says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And so what do these uh, words, what does this statement say about Jesus? What is he saying? And what does what he says say about him? So what we're going to do today is simply to look at that phrase, I am the good shepherd. And then we're going to look at what it says about the heart of this shepherd. So I am the good shepherd. Let's go backwards uh, as we look at this phrase. Firstly, shepherd. Now, let me recognize that uh, there is some difficulty for us in connecting two shepherds. My experience of sheep and lambs uh, revolves around mint sauce and kebabs rather than looking after them. And my experience of having animals is a resounding failure. My friend asked me to look after their hamster when I was at school, and when they came back, we had lost the hamster. I say we, it was mostly me. Um, I had some pet turtles that were really small, and um, my dad thought that they had died and threw them down the toilet when actually they were hibernating. So I won't mention the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, but you'll get what I mean by that. Um, in many ways, I'm not qualified then to talk about animals, shepherds, sheep, but the Bible seems quite insistent on using this metaphor. It uses it throughout the Bible. The most important things require metaphors. Metaphors are used when language is used. And rather than wanting to kind of shrink things into a neat uh, box, actually it's wanting to release truth that is expansive. Metaphors bridge uh, between two experiential worlds. And in some ways this um, metaphor is quite simple. Jesus is the shepherd and we are the sheep. But in other ways it's incredibly deep. Shepherding imagery is used throughout the Bible. God is the true shepherd who is creating a people for himself, a flock for himself, and he wants to lead that flock with love, and he's the one who is present with them, providing, protecting, and then guiding them as well. Shepherd was a description in the Bible for God, and under-shepherds were rulers leading on his behalf. And in the ancient world, actually, um, kings and rulers and deities would be described as shepherds. It spoke of independence, resourcefulness, adaptability, courage, vigilance, and it needed attentiveness, self-sacrifice, and compassion. So along comes Moses, the under-shepherd, the shepherd, an under-shepherd who with his shepherd's staff is used by God to lead the Israelite people um, out of Egypt and out from slavery and into the wilderness and the promised land. Next, David, the little shepherd boy, becomes king, leading as king and as an under-shepherd to God. But as time goes on, 
the leaders and shepherds of God's people are supposed to care for God's flock, but they don't. And so Jesus is the good shepherd in contrast to all the self-centered leaders throughout Israel's history. He's the good shepherd. And so Ezekiel 34 says this and tells us about the shepherds who had been leading Israel. Thus says the Lord God, ah, shepherds of Israel who have been leading yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd and they became food for all the wild beasts. For thus says the Lord God, behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. God's heart as a shepherd is for his flock, the people of his pasture, to be shepherded in love and to be led with love. But they have had shepherds who acted more like wolves, and so with the failures of those who were to shepherd God's flock, he is inviting his people, follow me, I love you. Who else can you follow? If you don't follow me, then who? So when Jesus comes along, he says, I am the good shepherd. Promised from a long time ago, only I can lead God's flock with love and in love, he says to them. He says, I am the good shepherd. Jesus draws on all this Old Testament background. He dares to claim that the good shepherd has come in him. And even more than that, that the God who appeared to Moses at the burning bush and gave him this name, I am, and to whom David wrote songs of praise and sung, the Lord is my shepherd, was in their midst as he was speaking. Jesus was the great I am in human form. And Jesus is saying to them, follow me, I love you. Who else can you follow? If not me, then who? Follow me is what he's saying to them. And yet we must admit that many of us are suspicious, a little cynical. We don't like sales pitches. We don't like anyone who says, trust me or follow me. I'm a leader. We've all been burned before with unbalanced power dynamics or people with agendas. And so we say, thanks, but no thanks. But what are the options? If not him, then who? Let me suggest that we are all shepherded by someone or something. We are following someone or something or being led by something that we implicitly or explicitly believe will give us protection, provision and guidance. Who are you following? Who practically is your shepherd today? It might be your intellect, your pension fund, your stocks that you hold, uh, your health, economy, your job, your boss, your freedom, your family, your career. All of these offer us parts of what we're looking for, but they don't ultimately give us what we need. In times of uncertainty and collective grief, which is what we're in now, our foundations and old uncertainties um, begin to, to creak. And so we might be tempted to think, I'm not gonna follow anyone, I'm, I'm gonna follow myself. 
Let me just look at those two options very quickly. I'm not going to be led by anybody. What if I were to say that I don't think that's actually possible for us not to be led by anyone or anything? That it's not possible to walk into a clear future that we map out ourselves, that we actually have to be led. We are shepherded by the, the choices that our culture is giving us. I wonder, have you ever um, been trying to do something in your home and thought, I need to go to Ikea. I just need to pick up something there. Just one thing. I won't be long. I'll just be like a few minutes. I'll go there and I'll come back. It's not possible. They deliberately shepherd you, uh, firstly, through the, the delicious meatballs that simply I, I can't resist, and then the beautiful rooms that are there uh, that they guide you. They have little lights and uh, little arrows that take you there. Even pencils seem to be more beautifully arranged there. We don't make those decisions even as we go into a shop. John Tyson talks about uh, cultural shepherding. He's a pastor in New York. He talks about how culture and media and um, advertising say, follow me, follow me. This is how to live without us actually realizing it and actually disciples us into a particular vision for life. He describes it like this. You have been culturally shepherded through choice architecture and a selective curation of information towards someone else's agenda. So the claim is then, even if we don't want to be shepherded, actually we are. And so we say, well, I'm, I'm not going to be shepherded by, by culture. I'm going to just shepherd myself. Even if we want to shepherd ourselves, I don't think we can. If I could shepherd myself and do exactly what I would have planned for my own life, I'd have played for my favorite football team. I'd have released a platinum album and we would already have a cure for cancer and the coronavirus now but we can't. On our own, we can't even manage our own hearts, our addictions and our struggles and our outbursts, what overflows out of our hearts. Someone close to me says that they will only trust themselves after being hurt through many parts of their lives. And has it led to a flourishing life for him? No, it's actually shrunk him. Not physically, although sometimes it looks like that, actually. He has so little hope. So we are all shepherded by someone or something. The question is then, who will you follow? Who will we follow? And it's into this then that Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. This is my heart for you. This is my picture of my love for you. Follow me. Follow me. So let's look at what that means uh, four ways that his heart moves uh, towards us, that shows us what kind of love this is. Jesus says, follow me, my heart is for you. My heart is for you personally. He loves you and he loves me personally. We're not given a map and told, go for it, I'll see you there, follow that. We are given a shepherd who is with us, who wants us to follow him. Alistair spoke on this last week, so I'm not going to go much into this. But this shepherd loves you. He calls you by name, and he knows your deepest name. He is a shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Yes, there is a flock that he loves, but he knows each one individually. He is a God who counts by ones. He is a God who counts by ones. You're not a number. 
He loves you. And interestingly, uh, this is the standout symbol, the shepherd, that's found in the underground burial sites in the first few centuries. Um, they were often, uh, they weren't of crosses at that point, they were quite often of a shepherd holding a lamb. This is what comforted people in life and in death, the good shepherd who seeks and saves the lost, who leaves the 99 and finds the one. The recent song says this, oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down. It fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Yet you give yourself away. The good shepherd says to us, follow me. I love you personally. But not only this, though, he says, I love you personally, yes, but I also love you intimately. Intimately. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and then notice it is repeated in verses uh, 11 and 14. Have that in front of you. Do check that out. It's in 11 and 14. You'll see that straight after the first appearance of I am the good shepherd, it says the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. But also notice after the second, of a, second appearance of I am the good shepherd, it says that he lays down his life for the sheep too, but only after it tells us something else. It says this in between. I know my own and my own know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. So you could think of it like this. The first one is like an empty sandwich, two slices of, of sourdough bread, but nothing is inside. But the second one says this. It's a, a sandwich with a filling inside of it. The first one says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And the second one says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. But there's something in the, in the middle of that second one. What's inside? What is it emphasizing? Well, that there's a, a belonging and an intimacy that is on offer. This is a kind of knowing that is not just personal, but is intimate. The word know here is used of marital relationship. So it's not a knowledge of acquaintances, but of lovers. There is a close personal relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. The relationship is like the close personal relationship between the shepherd and the father, the son and the father. Earlier in John 1 verse 18, we get a glimpse into the heart of the triune God. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the father's side, he has made him known. Side here, the, the father's side is literally chest or bosom. There's an intimacy here. Only Jesus, who hears the beating heart of the Father, can express his Father's heart. Only he can make him known. He says, I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And from this, the scholar Ken Bailey says, this is astounding because the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. We, the believing community, are drawn into the heart of the good shepherd who dwells within the very heart of God. We are drawn into the heart of the good shepherd who himself dwells within the very heart of God. And so we are invited into the very heart of God. That is astounding. Father, Son, and Spirit for all eternity, united in love, overflowing with such love that creation was made through that abundant love. That heart welcomes us in. The good shepherd says, you're my own. You belong to me. You don't need to fit in. I love you. But it's not a blind kind of love. It's a knowing love. 
He knows our failings, our shortcomings, our weaknesses, the dark sides to our character, yet he loves us. Do you know a love like that? I wonder how that kind of intimacy makes you feel in your body. How does the possibility of being known like that make you feel? What objections come up for you? Perhaps a conversation might go like this for you. No, wait, we say, cautiously approaching Jesus. You don't understand. I've really messed up in lots of different ways. I know, Jesus says. You know most of it, sure, certainly more than what other people see, but there's perversity deep down inside of me that's hidden from everyone. I know it all. Well, the thing is, it's not just my past, it's actually my present too. Jesus says, I understand. But I don't know if I can break free of this anytime soon, but that's the kind of person I've come to help, Jesus says. The burden is heavy, Jesus, and heavier all the time. Jesus says, then let me carry it. It's too much to bear, Jesus, not for me. You don't get it. My offenses aren't directed towards others. They're actually against you. Then I'm the one most suited to forgive you, he responds. But the more of the ugliest ugliness in me that you discover, surely the sooner you'll get fed up with me. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. We think, I don't have his heart. He'll soon have had enough of me. But he says, I don't just love you personally and intimately, I love you eternally. As you follow me, he says, I'm here to stay. I won't ever leave you. I'm not like the hired hand who is not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, who sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. He flees and flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. In massive contrast, the good shepherd sticks around because he cares. He cares because the sheep are his. They belong to him. He has them on his heart. He has made their well-being connected to his. And so we can be sure that he cares for us because we are his. We belong to him. He has us on his heart. He has made our good connected to his. So I don't mind too much if the car industry suffers a bit in, in what might be a recession. I'm not even too bothered about how the company Toyota do generally. But if they tell me something about an issue about my particular generation of Toyota that needs fixing, then I begin to care. The car belongs to me and it's connected with my good. I'm invested in it. I drive my family in it. The good shepherd says, I'm invested in you. You are now my family. You're on my heart. You belong to me. So I'm here to stay. I want everything to do with you. I want to find out everything about you. I'm not leaving because I care. I care too much about you to leave you or to leave you as you are. The good shepherd says, I love you personally. I count in ones and I love you. I love you intimately. I know all of you and I love you. I know you internally. I love you and I'm here to stay. And finally, he says this, I love you sacrificially. I've given my own life to make you mine. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
A shepherd would be sacrificial in laying down his life day to day, finding water, pasture, uh, shelter. There is commitment and consistency. But there's also commitment and courage as well, courageous sacrifice that the, the, the shepherd would show in laying down his life in an extraordinary moment of sacrifice. The example is given in our passage of when wild animals such as wolves fancied lamb chops for dinner. And what does someone who is a shepherd do? And not just a hired hand, he fights, he protects, he gives up his safety to keep the flock safe. Here's a quote. Uh, from a 20th century book on this. On some high moor, across which at night hyenas howl, when you meet him, sleepless, far-sighted, weather-beaten, armed, leaning on his staff and looking out over his scattered sheep, everyone on his heart, you understand why the shepherd of Judea sprang to the front in his people's history, why they gave his name to the king and made him the symbol of provision, why Christ took him as the type of self-sacrifice. There's something special about shepherds. But as moving as that portrayal is, Jesus takes it to another level. Jesus shows himself to be the good shepherd who truly lays down his life for the sheep. His sacrifice is not just consistent or courageous, but it's actually cross-shaped. The good shepherd literally lays down his life for us, his sheep. The word for here in this statement is a word that means in place of, for the sake of. And so in a way that kind of explodes this metaphor, John, throughout his account of Jesus' life, portrays Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is a shepherd who becomes a sacrificial lamb. And in Isaiah 53, it says this, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one of us to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Jesus became that lamb for us. At Passover, he was a lamb that was sacrificed. And he was silent as he went to the cross on the cross, he quotes Psalm 22, where it says, wild animals surround me, lions open wide their mouths against me, dogs encompass me, they have pierced my hands and feet. When Jesus was on the cross, he was dying for his sheep. He is taking on the enemies of sin and of death. He's dying for you and he's dying for me. How much does he love us? Well, to death and back. Do you see what he is doing? He looks into our hearts all the way down to the bottom and he says, my heart is moved in love, care and passion for you that I would die for you. I have died for you and I die for you again. I will die for you to protect you from death and to bring you to life. Life in me and with me, come follow me. This is the heart of God for, for you. The personal, intimate, eternal, and sacrificial love of God as seen in this good shepherd. Will you trust him? Will you let him shepherd you? So what might this look like practically for us? 
Well, perhaps all this is new to you. Uh, you're joining us for the first time. Well, it's great that you are, are able to join us. It's great to have you with us. See this as an invitation to picture life with this good shepherd. Read the Gospels, the, the Gospel of John. See how he tends to the flock, strengthens the weak, heals the hurt, brings back strays, and seeks and saves the lost. Would you imagine a society with people shaped by this kind of leader who washes feet, who touches outcasts and lepers, who loves the sexually broken and creates a new community and flock from outside the normal folds? Perhaps come on the online Alpha course that is uh, taking place in a couple of weeks to learn about him, to meet people whose lives have been turned upside down and right side up because of an encounter with this good, good shepherd. For those who are struggling, who recognize that they are sheep but feel lost right now, let me point you to the shepherd and his love. We've not been given a map, as I said, and told, see you there. We follow a person who wants to lead. That's a shepherd's job. We don't need to twist his arm to do that. We, we don't need to prove our worthiness in order to qualify for this. No, he leads us in love. That's what he does. Someone shared in our community group last week uh, their lows uh, for the recent uh, days. I'm lonely and I'm desperately missing hugs right now. But I want to lean into this truth this week that Jesus is with me, actually with me in real time, and that I'm not alone. What a beautiful heart there. So that involves, for sure, listening to his word, words in Scripture. But also, I think, involves listening to the stillness of our own souls to, to listen. Would you allow each moment of shame and hurt and guilt not to lead you to hide further, but to remind you that the Good Shepherd laid down his life for those things too? No, I should correct myself, especially for those things. And that these moments are an opportunity and place for you to remember that you have been personally, intimately, eternally, sacrificially united to this love of this Good Shepherd. To the story of shame that says, you will always be alone. We say, I have a different story. Jesus is with me. To these feelings of shame that we have in our bodies, you attend to the presence of God within you, the presence of the Good Shepherd who says, I laid down my life for you. I took on your sin and shame further than, than you ever could. And I'm never, ever leaving you. The Good Shepherd wants to shepherd you. He already knows you. Would you give yourself the space and time to, to get to know him? For those who are suffering, what does following look like? Well, for all of us, following means completely following. The sheep doesn't contract the shepherd on a short-term contract and say, can you shepherd me just for certain tasks? Please shepherd me when it comes to food and to water, but, but shelter, I'm going to take care of my own. I'll find my own digs. Thank you very much. No, they need the shepherd for every area of their life, and so do we. Now, that takes time. Uh, let me say that. We're all in that process, for sure. But we need to recognize our dependence in all areas, and that includes our, our suffering, particularly our suffering, because suffering is a time when we are most easily tempted to question the goodness of the shepherd. Some of you are going through that right now, and you want to go your own way and 
we ask, can this God be trusted? Can this shepherd really be trusted? And in these times, we need to remember the metaphor that, that we are sheep. There will be many times where we don't know what on earth the shepherd is doing, and it feels even a little bit cruel. Let me tell you what happens when sheep that are lost are found. I don't know this, um, but I learned this this week. When a real lost sheep is found, um, we have a romantic picture of what that might look like, right? Flannel graph and all that kind of stuff. But it doesn't lift its front legs to the shepherd and say, take me home, I've missed you. No, it's frantic and it's panicked. And so the shepherd must grab it, throw it to the ground and daze it and then tie up the front legs and in the back and then carry it back. Elizabeth Elliot is a lady whose first husband was speared to death as he sought to reach uh, tribes people um, as a missionary. Her, hus her second husband died of cancer. And she was in Wales, in, in the UK, where there are a lot of sheep. And she saw how her farmer friends would once a year dip them in insect-killing antiseptic. Okay, so it sounds lovely, right? It's not like a bubble bath that you or I might have. Fully immersed them, eyes, nose, ears, for a few seconds. Talk about traumatizing. And they would have surely thought, what is he doing? What is the farmer doing? Is he trying to drown me here? But she said this. I've had some experiences in my life which would have made me feel very sympathetic to those poor sheep. There are times I couldn't figure out any reason for the treatment I was getting from my great shepherd whom I trusted. And like these sheep, I didn't have a hint of an explanation. There will be no intellectual satisfaction on this side of heaven to that old uh, question, why? But although I have not found intellectual satisfaction, I have found peace. And the answer I say to you is not an explanation, but a person, Jesus Christ, my Lord and my God. It's he who was the word before the foundation of the world, suffering as a lamb slain, and he has a lot up his sleeve that you and I haven't the slightest idea about now. But he's told us enough so that we know that suffering is not for nothing. Suffering is not for nothing. Keep following him. He knows what he's doing. Finally, for those who are doing just fine, the challenge is for, for you to be shepherds yourself. You see, the word for good here is not just for moral goodness and moral uprightness, but there's a beauty and attractiveness and a worthiness that comes across in this word um, good in the original language. We're to see the good shepherd as a model, as one uh, to point to as we love other people. In Jeremiah 3, verse 16, God says to a lost people, I will give you shepherds after my own heart to lead you. We can be under shepherds. We can be under shepherds to God. Would we be shepherds after the good shepherd's heart, filled with love that is personal, intimate, eternal and sacrificial and reach out with that same love and heart that we learn to follow a little more day by day.